named our podcast the World Class Agency Podcast, not because we thought we were world class, but because we try and get closer to it every conversation that we have. What does World Class Estate Agency look like to you? World Class Estate Agency is all about people. The good estate agents add, adds an incredible amount of value to the consumer. He's, he's looking after the customer properly, so being approachable, being accessible. And for me, every day's a learning day. What does being a world-class agent mean to you? Hello and welcome to today's episode of the World Class Agency podcast brought to you by Revis.com. If you haven't checked out Revis already, go on and have a look. If you're looking to grow your new build department, R-E-W-E-I-S.com. I'm Mark Wall and I am joined by Mr. Sam Hunter. Hello, my friend. How are you? And I don't know if you say this, but happy pancake day. Good morning, Mark. Hello, listeners. Happy Pancake Day. I uh, Before we hit record, I said, what does Pancake Day actually mean? Uh, and you informed me that it was the start of Lent. Um, and you're giving up a few naughty treats. Yeah. Yeah. So personally, um, we're going to give up drinking at home and crisps just from, you know, weather's getting better. Start thinking about the summer holiday, mm. getting the body in a bit more better shape. I've been enjoying the... Um, exercise group that i joined following our podcast with andy davis so um that's the no crisps and the alcohol um side of things but i was just saying to you off air there's probably some things that we can give up to lent from a business perspective because as you expertly discussed last week which i really enjoyed well done for talking um to yourself for 20 minutes actually really enjoyed that <laughs> thank you. you talked about having having a stop doing list as well yeah. Um, and there's probably some things within that that we can put on our stop doing list, do it for 40 days, then it, you know, and 40 nights, then it becomes mm. a, and I think, I think mine is probably going to be, um, stop trying to do my prospecting first thing in the morning. It's now what, eight weeks into the year. And I just, it doesn't work for me for whatever reason. Um, I'm going to put my high performance week back as it was put my prospecting in the afternoon because I do that more consistently than when I'm pretending doing it first thing in the morning. That's fair enough. Actually, the the whole fact that today's Pancake Day and the start of Lent um, coincides quite nicely with uh, a point that I was hoping to make this morning. So I was, I was actually having a conversation this morning with a chap who's thinking about moving to Australia and moving into down to Sydney and was thinking about continuing his property career here and just wanted some advice on like what's it like who should i talk to all this sort of stuff um and, and i said to him i was like what what's your sort of process now you know talk me through how you operate where you are he's in uh north wales uh, i believe i think i've got that right and he sort of talked to me about you know big prospector going out there always looking for leads and i was like how do you follow up with people and he's like sometimes we just don't have the time because we've been so busy and everything like that and i just sort of said to him in Australia, and I think anywhere in the world, right? Real estate, estate agency, whatever you call it, it's it is a sale of trust before it's a sale of a home. Um, mm-hmm. If that makes sense to everybody listening, right? And I think the only way to build trust, and this goes if you're dating somebody or whatever, right, is to follow up. You know, are you going to have a successful relationship with somebody if you message them once? And then never again, even though they've been messaging mm-hmm. you to try and find something out. If they message you once and you never reply, you're never going to have a relationship in the first place. But if you keep being consistent and asking questions and showing up, there's going to be a level of trust. And that relationship is going to blossom. It's exactly the same in business. And I think in real estate, um, you've got to prioritize building trust above all else, right? And you've got to prioritize following up with the people you've had conversations with in the past. doesn't matter if they're just buying doesn't matter if they're tenants. doesn't matter if they bought and sold with you six months ago. Follow them up. Figure, mm-hmm. Ask them how they're going. What's worrying them in the world? We've just had a fantastic 40 minutes with today's guests. And one of the things that they said in there is that people are confused at the moment. So your job is just to keep things simple. Explain things to them so they can understand them. Use great analogies. was the conversation we had just after we hit stopped hitting record. So... If you can prioritize your follow-up, you're going to prioritize building trust with people, right? And and so my suggestion for Lent, and this is like a double negative, so it's probably not going to make a great deal of sense. Uh, so apologies in advance to everybody listening, but for the next 40 days and 40 nights, I think it is. Yep. 
I would challenge you to give up not following up. Uh, right? Does that make sense? So start calling people back more often than you probably ever have done in your past. Like, um, don't just follow up and say hello and check in. Like, put them into like an almost hyper care program where you figure out what's keeping them up at night. What are their problems? What are their challenges? What are, where do they want to be in three years' time? And start the process of solving those problems because following up and ideally showing up is what builds that trust. And you're selling trust before you're selling houses. And I love what you how you started that in that you the guy asked you a question and as an estate agent or a politician, you responded to the question to try and learn a little bit more. And how important is that? As you just said there, you've got to learn more about these clients and what they're going through before you can, you know, start adding value. Mm. So may, maybe it's not um stop not following up. Maybe it's stop doing the shit that is stopping you following up. So if there's tasks that you do that stop you following up, maybe it's time to start prioritizing those. Or if you're just easy numbers. If you've got 10 clients that you can deal with and follow up on a regular basis, you're better doing that than trying to deal with 20 clients and never following them up, in my opinion. Yeah, so without, without a doubt. I just think everybody out there right now is looking for the next opportunity and they're not serving the ones that are in front of them already. Um, and they're not building enough trust in the marketplace to be the agent of choice, regardless of what's happening externally. Um, and and that, that to me is uh, the very obvious... And very simple, I'm not saying it's easy, uh, but a very obvious and very simple secret source to like big time success and making sure that you smash all your targets this year. Yeah. Here, on that note, let's dive in and introduce today's guests. Unless you've been living under a rock or have avoided all forms of social media, even Clubhouse, back when that thing had its moment, whatever that was, you will have heard of and probably learned from today's guests. They're a dynamic duo of a failed lawyer and an ex-policeman who are now well-known consultants, mentors, leaders, and perhaps most importantly, no bullshit estate agents. It's fitting that this is episode 180 because if they weren't world-class estate agents, they'd look the part up on stage at the darts. Matt and Neil, the Bulldog Brothers, welcome to the World Class Agency Podcast. Morning, Sam. Morning, Mark. Good morning, Jens. Um, I, yeah, I think I've had a few backhanded compliments in my time, but here's a couple of fat blokes with beards. <laughs> Basically, that introduction. Do you know what? I feel like that's one of the best intros I've had in a long time. I was inspired writing that. I liked it. Last time I got return of I got the return of the Matt theme tune. I thought you couldn't beat it now, but yeah, just just going to basic thinly veiled insults now. Sam, I like it. I, I I read it before we started and really really enjoyed it. It was even better when you when you read it out. Um, also, just to add to that, potentially a wrestling tag team. Um, but moving on, Matt, you, you've already had a crack at this question a couple of times, so we'll go straight to Neil first um, as we're on debut today. Neil, what does world-class estate agency look like to you? World-class estate agency. So I think it looks like um, so delivering the best possible outcome for your client. I think it's really important that you're not afraid to tell the client uh, what they need to hear and not necessarily what they want to hear um, and that you become a professional advisor to your clients and not just an estate agent. I think exceptional communication, exceptional customer service um, and achievers mindset and uh, you can't go far wrong. What does an achievers mindset look like? That's, I like that. Yeah, so for me, because I have... Um, I have this with our, our team sometimes. Like one one of our company values is that we achieve, and one of the things that that means to me is that um, you know we get the job done, we get the results of the client, and sometimes we have to think outside the box and find a solution to get there. Um, and I've had clients say to me before, you know, oh, that person's um, that person's very nice, but we're not achieving the outcome we want. Mm. And actually, clients sometimes, you know, you can be the nicest person in the world, but if you're not delivering the job that the client wants, then it doesn't really matter how nice you are. That's lovely. Um, so, yeah, that's what it means for me, really. Hmm. Um, before we hit record, um, Matt, and I think, Neil, before you joined the call, Matt was talking us through how you guys were getting some pretty good results in the market, even though there's, you know, media beat up about what's going on. Matt, would you say that that 
making those small adjustments and, and run the listeners through what's been getting you guys, you know, pretty competitive offers and, and deals tied together, if you can, would you say that falls into what um, being, you know, having an achiever's mindset and being focused on results, as Neil was sort of saying, is? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think, I mean, I was, personally, I was fairly lucky looking back at it now that I got to work the the financial crisis. So I've learned, and I had to learn then fairly quickly that putting your head on the desk and kind of saying, oh no, the world's about to end, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't sell your houses and doesn't do anything, right? Um, you can't go to the bank manager and say, oh, you know, look, there's a problem out there. I don't care as much. Ultimately, you have to achieve results and your clients want you to achieve results. And even if you take it away from your your own personal kind of banking, if you don't think you can sell someone's house, you shouldn't be putting that house in the market. Mm. And that, that's the fact, right? If you're in this market and you're going to say, I can't sell houses in this market, then don't be an estate agent. It's really, really simple. Um, but what, so what, it's, it, like everything in life, it's those 1%, right? But it is little changes. I, um, I'm a fairly simple person, so I, I, I use simple analogies. If, you, if something is going to come down and prices are coming down, not, not to the, the extent that some um, media whores would have you believe on, mm. on LinkedIn, um, but they're coming down. The best way to, um, if you drop a, uh, put a ball at the, the top of a hill and roll it, if you try chasing that ball, you've got no chance of catching it. However, if you walk a few steps down the hill and wait for the ball to drop to you, you're going to get it. And that's what we say with, with prices. You don't want to be chasing a market ever. You want to come slightly underneath it and catch it. Um, so what we've had our success with is, is the guide prices. So we've had a property recently at, at 425 because I will always play the price bandings. Wasn't it was getting viewings, but not the offers we wanted. Move it to a guide of four to four twenty-five to hit the next right move banding. We sell it for four ten. Had on it at three hundred, not doing a lot. Move it to two ninety to three. Sell it for two ninety-five. You know, at three hundred, somebody should have offered us two ninety-five, but for whatever reason, that person didn't come through the door. Uh, and I believe with with pricing, it's a case of under promising and over delivering. So let people come in thinking, oh, you know, it won't be as nice as the pictures, or we'll have to do a bit of work. When they get in there, they think, shit, this is nice. You know, we've better bid on this or it's going to go quick. Ultimately, someone else thinks that. So, yes, you get the competition between two, but also agencies are getting a competition with someone in their own mind. Mm. You know, because if, if they come in and they think it's a good deal, they know someone else is going to think it's a good deal. Um, and a really simple metric for whether you've got that guide price right is it has to feel uncomfortable to the seller for it to feel good for the buyer. And so you've got to work with your sellers and they've got to obviously trust you, but you've got to say to them, if the, if this price doesn't feel a little bit low to you, it's not going to look good to the buyer, right? And that's the, that, that's bad. But always with that caveat, you're here to, to no one, the, the good and the bad thing about the UK um, estate agency system is no one has to accept an offer and it doesn't, you know, until it exchanges, it's not going through. So it's one of them, you know, let trust me to get you the offer you want. If we don't, we're no worse off than we are today. At the moment, you've got no offers. Mm. So we could just have no offers a different way. Or we could actually have something that we can kind of we can play with. I, I like that. Uh, I think it's worth noting that again now, but also we're going to talk about it when we wrap up, Mark. Like uh, Pricing needs to feel uncomfortable for the seller for it to be attractive to the buyer. Uh, that that is What a magnificent way of spelling out price to entice without sounding like a just a broken record cliche like i think that that's something that everybody should be including in their valuations from today because it makes sense it's really well explained as as neil as you put it at the start of the show right that is professional advice right that is exceptional communication that's a results achieving mindset yeah, yeah I, I, said, I mean that's sorry, no go on neil sorry yeah, no, I was just going to say that's where, um, you know, I say people need to be having conversations and telling the client what they need to hear and not what they want to hear. Mm. And, um, you know, I think, I think agents need to get away from this whole asking price uh, mentality. We've gone away from that now and it's more of a marketing price and we are, we are property marketeers. And actually, you know, you could be, you've got to explain to the client, the client doesn't know ins and outs of how we do these things you've got to explain this to them and explain your process um and explain why doing it that way and pricing it the way you are advising them to will get them the result that they want can i ask from a practical um point of view then then gents so you're using guide price to play on the right move price brackets are you then just putting in 
the description effectively that it's not 400,000, then actually it's a guide price between 400 and 425. Yeah, so the, the, the key with it is to make it very transparent for, for number one for the seller's peace of mind and number two for the buyers as well, yeah. right? Because you're going to lose, you're going to lose trust. So, um, we have it so in the initial kind of tagline we that you know you, you when you get your first 500 characters or whatever it is um mm. we, we 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 put it in there and it is very important mark depending on your crm to check so what we we, we use a different crm and it would all pre-populate straight through to our website so yeah now on our website that doesn't show as much so i put it in the the, the front line for for right move um, we put it in at the very top of our actual description, if you like, so it's there on our website. And also, um, you need to keep this, and the important thing is you need to keep checking things like Rhymes and Zoopla, because you've got to remember, most people use it on a mobile, so when you're uploading stuff and you're checking on your desktop, you've got to watch out how it looks on the mobile, so sometimes the bullet points might, so sometimes you might have to put it in a bullet point, um, and, and right moving Zoopla will change the way that they display your properties without telling you. So mm. it's, that, it's, worth, it's worth having a bit of an audit um every now and again just to see is it a thing displaying not just the pricing but everything how it's looking on mobile and, and on desktop but yeah we're, we're very clear and then basically the way with it somebody phones up hey you've got that one on a um uh 400 um we, we can go oh it's, it's it's a guide of four to four twenty five we're looking for middle to upper ground that's always my just rolls of thumb looking for middle to upper ground um and then you know the very basics of agency you're doing that you know you, you're doing that kind of subtle qualification. So you're not going, can you afford this one? You're saying, hey, look, you know, just in case this one doesn't work for you, I've got some new stuff coming to market. What are we looking up to? And if they go, well, I'm looking up to, you know, 420, perfect. If they go, I've got 375 to spend. Well, actually, just, you know, this one's a guide to 425. I really don't want to waste your petrol money coming out to see it because it's not going to be bought at that price. You can work it that way, you know. I love that language of it's not going to be bought at that price. If that person's got a house to sell and you're saying that to them, that's position one, right? You're on pole position there of getting an opportunity to sell their place because you've negotiated them away from a cheeky offer that's never going to buy the property before anything else. And and again, I think not wasting your petrol money, what a great way of saying, you can see it if you want to, but you've got to be serious um, rather than saying, I don't want to waste your time like everybody else will. Yeah, because the worst thing, if, if it's, it, let's say let's take the seller on at 425, if they trust you to move to the guide at 425, and you just keep getting them bids of like 375, 380. Mm. I mean, look, that's what the market's showing, but it's it, it, the, 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 you're going to lose that trust relatively quickly, right? Because they're going to blame, you know, it's easy to say, well, you didn't get any bids when it was at this, but as we all know, you know, sellers can be fixed on prices and not really. Um, and, and listen, it, does it always work? No, um, you know, but more often than not, that's the way to, to, to kind of get, get, get the price. Uh, I'd agree with you 100%. Um, before we move on uh, to the next question, Matt, is there anything you want to add into what world-class agency looks like to you these days? Um, I just, I'm, I'm trying to keep everything simple this year. So my kind of um, ABC for, for the team this year was uh, to be accountable to do the basics consistently. Um, and I think world-class agency is doing the basics consistently. Um, what I've come to discover is it's, the easy things to say are the hardest things to do. So, um, you know, I need to lose some weight. I'm going to go to the gym every day. It's not as easy as, as, as doing that, right? You've got to consistently. You don't. I, I did a run once. I, I didn't have a six pack, so I stopped doing it. it. It doesn't kind of work, you know. Doing your your um, marketing letters, you know, you send out one batch, don't get a result, you stop. But I think we do. We are in a little bit of a world in agency where we're a little bit all skirt and no knickers. So we've got some agents doing some of the best marketing I've ever seen but I know they can't, they're not returning people's phone calls. Mm. They're not phoning somebody and saying, I haven't got an answer for you, but just, you know, I am trying. And it's just that, and it's not even agency. I was at um, with, um, a school yesterday and there's issues with transport for the school and the head teacher there was saying, nobody just lets me know what's going on. And so she said, all I want to know is, is anything happening or not? And so it's just that, that, that communication. But I think at the minute, if you're doing the basics consistently, you're making your, you know, your, your 20 business conversations a day, you're doing your consistent canvassing, however you want to do that. You're doing, you know, if you commit to a certain amount of social media posts doing that, um, then, then, you know, it doesn't need to be fancy at the moment. Um, the world's confusing, and, and, and so people want some, some simple answers. 
And how are you taking your team on on that journey? How are you getting the basics really drilled into them? Is it just through consistency of message or is there anything that you, you can add to that that is going to be valuable to the listeners? Because I completely agree, world-class basics. And I always say estate agencies are rocket science. It's a lot of, you know, small things done really well. But as you say, it's easier said than done perhaps. So how are you getting your team on board with that message? Well, you, you, you kind of, you run the message. I mean, me and Neil, obviously, are they create the message as such, but what, what we're, you know, we're very good at is bringing the team in and making sure um, they're all on board. So as Neil said earlier, we, you know, we, we have, we have some, um, some values that we want to stick by, but rather than just having them on a wall, we, uh, Neil brought the team in um, to a meeting and we actually said, right, these are the six values. Can we have some pledges of how you're going to live those values every day? So they, we kind of almost wrote down something that everyone agreed to, and we did that. We then, um, on a Friday, everybody, including myself and Neil, emails the whole of the office with a minimum of four out of those six values and what they've done that week to show that they've lived that value. And it can be outside of work, it can be inside of work, because if you're a good person outside of work, you're not going to be a complete dickhead inside of work and, 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 vice, versa, and vice versa. You know, Life and, and work will blend into one, so we do that. But the other thing is with our social media posts. So, for, you know, we um, this this year we just kind of made the statement that we'll do agency without the bullshit. And there's kind of a few very simple things we'll do that aren't difficult. The last one is we won't lie to you, right? It's not difficult. It shouldn't be difficult. Um, but I, 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 we ran them past the team. And I always say, listen, I'm about to put this out into the world. Can you agree to do it? Because if I put this out there in the world and you don't do it, I'm going to look like a prize cock. Um, and then you just kind of hope that your team like you enough to not not stitch you up. So yeah, you know, I think that consistency of, of message, whatever we do in whatever we're putting to the outside world, we're also letting the team know they follow us on social media. Um, it's a way I hold myself accountable. Is my stuff on LinkedIn? That's you know, because at any point someone can say, "Hang on a minute, you're not doing that." So that, that, that that's how we do it. I I really like the idea of the the values charter and and everybody signing off on it, but then talking about how they live those values through the week as well. One of the exercises that I uh, started doing in the middle of this year and have actually somehow kept up is writing down my roles for the week every week. So businessman, father, husband, son, friend, you know, brother, et cetera. And then writing one activity that I'm going to do relating to those roles every week and then sticking to it so that, you know, it might just be call your mum instead of just talking to her when she's babysitting, you know, little things, big things. It doesn't have to be a grand act. And I think getting your team to email every week and you guys doing it as well, um, how you've lived your values just reinforces that it's not just this piece of paper or, or words on a wall that everyone's got, right? That don't necessarily mean anything. How have you, how consistent have you found that amongst your team? And then if someone doesn't do it, what happens with that? Maybe Neil, go to I mean, you. Yeah. That, so these there, they've, um, they've really sort of bought into it and actually, um, there's a particular team member who right, kicks it off each week now. Um, and the way it's done is that you just email the whole team and copy everyone in, and then you hit reply all. Mm. So it's really easy like, who hasn't taken part or who hasn't responded. Um, and I must admit, it's getting earlier and earlier on the Friday that like this process um, takes off now. So we're quite sort of yeah, proud of the team for, for going into it. But I think you need... like. We didn't always run our business like this, you know, being totally transparent. This is like a, a recent thing for us in the last couple of years that we've really sort of developed. Um, but because we kind of realised that if we don't tell people, um, you know, what our company values are and what we're sort of aiming to achieve, then how does anybody know? And actually, how do we know if we haven't, like, articulated this stuff? Mm. So now we have. We all know how to act. And the important thing to say, and we've said this to the team, is like, we cannot force them to have these values because um, these are values. These are just like inherent stuff that's either within you or is not. Um, but this is the great thing about it is it gives you a way to know who should be in your team and who shouldn't be in your team. Um, and if people are feeling like, oh, I'm not quite sure whether this is the right place for me or if we're feeling we're not quite sure this is the right place for you, it's a really easy way to have a discussion you know, because it's it's around values mm. and it's um you can't make someone have those values they've either got them or they haven't one um 
just just one thing to quickly mention now one really cool thing Neil, when when we first did it like everything it's new people are nervous we don't know how to do it and so the, the first Friday came and everyone's like one of our values is we care and, and people are like well I, I don't know what to write and we had one person in particular that said I, I can't I can't write these I don't know so Neil was just like, that's cool, I've got time. We'll, we'll, we'll sit here until we get it done. And it wasn't like giving her a detention. She didn't feel but like the owner of the business was willing to kind of wait with her and go through it until she finally just got it and, and got it on paper. And once they've done it once, mm. then they're kind of happy, happy doing it. But I thought there would be a lot of business owners that would be like, oh, you know, don't worry about it, leave it. But Neil was like really insistent the first one got done because the first step's the hardest, right? And then it kind of went from there. Yeah, it's like like you said before, the easiest things to say are the hardest things to do. Live your values, right? It's easy to figure out the words, yeah. you know, or Google the words and choose the ones that think look right, but then actually living yeah. them. You know, this is, yeah, I speak from personal experience of making sure that you're following who you think you want to be um, as well. I, one of the things I want to talk to you guys about talking about living values and everything like that is um, your EA Directors Club, right? So um, I think you've done it a couple of times now. Um, it's once a month. It's uh, estate agents. Can you talk us through more about uh, one what happens in those meetings, what you get together, what you talk about, the value that you're bringing to other agents as well, um, and then why can Mark go to them but I can't? <laughs> do you want to do the first bit, and I'll do the second. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, I don't know what's the first and the second, but I'm going to say something, and then we'll see where it goes. <laughs> but um, yeah, basically, uh, that, that also means I haven't listened to them, basically, what you just said there, Matt. Um, now, I, um, the, the AI Directors Club, it, it's basically, it's, it's just a non-agendered meeting that um, we want agency owners to come to um, where they can relax. You know, basically, running businesses is quite hard, right? We're all, uh, we, we're all it can be a lonely place. And um, we just wanted to create an environment where people can come along once a month, socialise with people who are in the same situation as them, uh, experiencing the same challenges as them, and uh, without being sold to, without any agenda, um, without sales pitches going down left, right and centre, just people that are experiencing the same things can literally have a free course meal together, a couple of drinks if they want to, um, and just talk business, and or not even business sometimes, just relax and it's kind of like download, really. Mm. I think, and well, you go, Matt, sorry. I was going to say, you know, like, um, well, I've read that book, um, the Matthew McConaughey book, Green Lights, and I know you've read it, Sam. You know, sometimes a few things just kind of happen, and we obviously we're in the pandemic. I mean, you guys have to take credit for it as well. You know, you, you with this podcast, all of a sudden we had agents talking and helping each other, right? Then we had the Facebook groups and you two are in, you know, uh, a number of them. And there was this thing on where agents were actually not as worried about telling someone the, the trade secrets and, and, and kind of trying to help. Um, Clubhouse that me and Neil did during lockdown, we had agents. I mean, that was probably the first one, if you like. We had agents on there sharing ideas and, and, and mm. kind of helping out. Then at the same time, um, me and Neil were going to um, a, a dinner, which is for businesses of a certain size in this area. Where again, there's, there's no sale. You're just sitting down, and you can you've all got the same kind of issues to talk about. Or that guy's got a talent, you can, and you can help him with with that. You know, there was a guy there with a forty million pound turnover who was um, company had a thing about people working from home, and I gave him an idea. He was like, shit, I can use that. And I was like, Christ. And then obviously, I learned loads. Like, well, I'm the stupidest person in that room. Um, and then we also were lucky enough to do quite well at the awards last year. And we were there and I was like, the awards gone a little bit long. The suppliers won't stop selling you constantly. Um, apart from the, the, you know, obviously some of them bring these buddies race cars that the, the men will still sick on. Um, and, but the good bit is the little bit, the little bits in between kind of chatting and stuff. Mm. And, and Neil was like, so when we were at these dinners, Neil was like, why isn't there one of these for agents? And I was like, Imagine if we can bring the Facebook group off the page and put it in a room. And we got varied feedback. You know, you get, oh, you'll never get agents all together and in a room. But actually, I mean, the first one we did, we had, we do them in, in London. They're the third Thursday of every month. So we have the consistency. We had someone from Yorkshire, uh, Staffordshire, Coventry. I've got agents from Cornwall and Cumbria that won't be coming every, but they, they said they want to get to at least one. Um, yeah, and we've, we've, we've been really happy with it. But, the, yeah, the, the basically the no supplier thing, it's 
I made a, a promise to everybody it, it wouldn't be a sales fest. You know, you, you wouldn't be there. There wouldn't be any hard pitches. And again, mm. agents, we naturally don't trust each other. So I, I think a lot of people were sceptical. Um, and don't get me I mean, I had, we had some of the, like, the, the industry magazines want to come and it would have been good for us, but I'd made the commitment that it would be no suppliers. So, so we kind of stuck to it, you know. So, yeah, that's why Mark's allowed, but, but you're not, I'm afraid, Sam. That's a fair enough answer. Yeah. Sorry, mate, you're not in our gang. <laughs> I'm not in the gang. It's very true. <laughs> um, is there, have you got guest speakers or anything like that that happened? So is there sort of a formal structure tonight or you sit next to who you sit next to and you get talking about this is my problem and then someone next to them goes, holy shit, I've got the same problem. And then you kind of figure out how to solve it over a beer, a glass of wine and some nice food. Yeah, exactly right, mate. There's, um, there's absolutely zero, um, zero pitches, speeches. Like, there's no. Uh, in fact, we have, and we have had um, someone uh, suggest that perhaps there should be a bit more structure to it, and perhaps mm. there should be a speaker. But it's not. That's not what we're trying to create. It's not a. It's not a conference. Mm. Um, it is literally tables of ten people, and exactly like you say, Sam. People sit down. Someone will say something, and like it's like light bulbs are going off, and people are going. Do you know what? I've got the solution to that for you, or I'm having the same challenge. Uh, let's chat it out. And um, and I think that's what everybody likes about it. Is it's just like um, it actually you come away uh, quite inspired sometimes. Mm. Like you literally like, you know, I, I've just come for dinner and come away with like three or four different actions. I, I've got like a notes section on my phone, and I just I sit there tapping it into it and think, right, I'm taking that back, and I'm gonna I've got to do something with that. Yeah, and, and I think that whether you bring in more structure to it or not down the line, having a room full of people who are there for the purpose of growing, you would imagine, and sharing. You're not, you're not going to buy a ticket to that event and go and pay for the dinner and sit next to other estate agents if you don't have the right mindset, right? So you walk into that room and, and ideally you immediately feel safe and you've got an opportunity to say, this is what's going well, this is what's not. And if nothing else, you walk out of there realizing that you're not going through it alone. You said it, Neil, right at the start of that question, right? It's, uh, running a business is hard. Um, that is the understatement of the century, I think. Um, and and you got to realize that despite who you got to talk to and who's around you, whether it's family, friends, other support network, sometimes hearing people who are you but in another part of the world is what you need to get out of bed the next morning and do some of those easy to say but hard to do things consistently, the ABCs, right? Uh, yeah, 100%. And I think that... The... The, the cool thing um, about it is it's just the mix of people we have there. So on the first one, I had we had like West um, the West London Fine and Country, and they probably did three million pound deals. The guy from Yorkshire doing ninety grand terraces, but they've both got they can both learn from each other. They both got, but also have probably have similar problems. Um, mm. There's there's a WhatsApp group that comes along with it where people can ask for support and things like that. But the really good thing is the type of people. Yes, they're forward thinking in terms of they want to better themselves but they all genuinely want to better the industry. You know, I hear the words in there. That's good for the client. That's good for the client. They're not coming and going, how can I make more money? Mm. You know, don't get me wrong. We had a great success story at the first one. Um, a brilliant guy called um, uh, Rowan Waller, really, really nice chap, um, agent in Oxford. Um, a poet as well, an interesting guy. You should talk to him sometimes. Um, he put into play a couple of bits he heard there um, and wrote up um, two listings, seven and a half grand worth of fees for a 55 quid meal <laughs> that, you know i know there is an agent there that's had a couple of um referrals so there's a bit of cross referrals going along having said that that's it, it that's not what it's for it's, it's it's that decompress this is really good this is a bit tough can we help but again the, the main thing is i'm hearing yeah but that's no good for the clients or what about this that'd be good for the clients and and for me and i say this all the time as an industry we need to stop banging on about roper and we need to realize we can improve standards ourselves it's wonderful platform called social media we can all chat we can all share ideas um and so if we can actually all get in a room because humans still do that need that human interaction get in a room share ideas go back and spread it out then, then the industry is in a good place it, it fills me with nothing but inspiration you know I, I i do for some weird reason have this burning desire my purpose it seems is to improve the reputation of the industry and on the first one, I just kind of sat back and watched all the... I didn't even get a chance to say, hello, thanks for coming, because everyone just started talking immediately. Mm -hmm. There was a buzz in the room, and it didn't stop. And, on, and honestly, it's weird to say about a room full of estate agents, but it was, it was a beautiful thing to, beautiful thing to watch. 
Very good. Hey, hey, hey touche. You know, I think what you said there, improving um, standards for the client, improving the agents, ultimately improving the industry. You know, um, absolutely, we're we're all for that, as you as you know. Um, just um, diverting for a moment. You mentioned it before, Matt, and um, it was something that you said in, in regards to the team getting the team on board, but I've been having a look at your no bullshit estate agency ads and posts. Can you just talk us through that a little bit, what they really mean and maybe how that's been received by your clients? Yeah. So it's a relatively, um, a new, a new thing with that. We, 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 we've kind of done it. Well, it, I think we've always done it. We just haven't necessarily said it right. Because in agency, mm. we're all very flat. Like much as what I worked out was I have, I assume a certain persona on LinkedIn, you know, for like being straight talking and stuff. My brother is, you know, when he was a policeman, he's had to have some real tough conversations. It's why he's such, yeah, he's in the lettings world, nothing phases him. Um, so we're known, I, I hope, for being straight talking um, and, and true to our word. But then with some of the marketing, it, it can become a bit bland almost, you know. So yes, we were the, we were the first mid-market agents to do pro photos, but look, everyone does pro photos and we can all chase, you know, everyone down and we'll do videos and that and i just kind of sat back one day and thought like fuck the world is so confusing you know like you turn on this news and it's like price is doing this this one says they're going up well i'm conscious that i watch a lot of industry people and there's mixed messages everywhere and i just and and i did a couple of valuations and and, and that the clients actually said the words you know this guy came around that he was just full of bullshit and i thought that's it you know people don't need all the clever stuff they just want no bullshit um so we put it out, the first post I did, I got a message instantly on Instagram from a guy who said, look, can I ask a couple of questions about how you work, who does your viewings? I was like, yeah, this was the matter. And he said, I was on the market with this other agent um, and this, the, a few things happened. I said, well, this is my entire process. This is how we run it. And he said, yeah, that sounds great. You know, he hasn't instructed me. He said, if we sell, I'll come and talk to you. So I'm not saying I've done one post and, and suddenly got the, the, the market share. Um, but it's really, more importantly, it's if I'm going to come here every day and, and my team are going to come over there, it's how we want to act. So mm. while we have our overarching values, the very basic values are, it's just no no bullshit. So if we can sell your house, we'll tell you. If we can't, we'll tell you who can. We'll tell you the price we think you're going to, we'll tell you an honest price, not just to list it. Um, as Neil says, we'll, we'll tell you what you need to hear. So um, if you get an offer and you think it's low, but we think you should take it, we'll tell you. By the same token, if we get an offer and you're willing to take it, but I know I can get you more, we'll, we'll, I'll say don't take it you know, and go from there. Um, we, we won't, if we get you feedback, we will, if we, we won't make it up, we'll just say, look, they haven't phoned us back because people don't phone you back anymore. And a lot of agents go, oh, you know, what I find with agencies, they tell a very, very small white lie and that immediately snowballs in a big one. You've always got to try. And actually it's stressful because mm. you're only trying to remember, what did I tell them? What did I tell them? If you don't leave the notes on your colleague could stitch you up. Um, and I say the big one is we won't lie to you. Um, and, and and that's it. And listen, there'll be some people out there that kind of say, oh, you know, he said shit. I'm not sure about that. My feeling is if you're going to work for me for four months, you're going to hear the word shit at some point. So we might as well get that out of the, out of the way straight away. But, you know, that it was something I, I kind of, it was just in me really. Um, and, and I say Neil's that. Neil's very straightforward like that as well. So I said, Look, I want to roll this out. He said, you know, yeah, let's do that. And we just and some of it were playing around with. So we're obviously recording this today. It's Pancake Day. We've got an ad going out this morning saying, "Do you feel a bit of a tosser because you instructed the wrong agent?" You know, there'll, there'll, there'll be some people that don't like it. There'll be some people that do. But if you don't try these things, I feel this year we all need to make a few more mistakes because if you make some mistakes, it means you're trying. I like that, absolutely. And I think um, we always talk about done being better than perfect uh, on this show and, and trying new things. And and you want to be memorable has then have the opportunity to be remembered right and and i think talking through people what no bullshit state agency is uh particularly where i think where you guys are that's language that suits your marketplace right that's that is chelmsford through and through and those surrounds people will relate to that there's there is no bullshit to that saying so um it's been a i i think a really enlightening chat from start to finish um i i really like the concept of an achiever's mindset i really like if you can't sell a house in this marketplace, what are you doing in a state agency? That's, that is a great mindset to have because if you are sitting on your, I think you said putting your head on the desk um, and waiting for things to change, there's better things that you can be doing with your time and there's far better things that your client can be doing with other agents as well. So 
I just want to say from Mark and I and from everybody who's listening to this, thank you again, uh, Matt, for coming back and Neil for joining us for the first time. Um, fun little jabs about darts at the start. It's been a wonderful conversation uh, and, and we're really grateful for you guys giving up your morning for us. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Great to see you guys. A massive thank you once again to the Bold Up Brothers from Charles David Casson for joining us on today's episode. Um, Sam, as we expected, I suppose, loads and loads of value, but I'm going to jump straight to my favourite bit, and this is only because I want to say it rather than, rather than you, as in regards to, to pricing. The pricing has to feel uncomfortable for the seller to look appealing to the buyer. Mm. And what a fantastic phrase to talk about where we are in the market at the moment. Yeah, uh, I love it. There's, there's things that come up in these shows that you and I sort of glance at each other down the camera and we're like, Fuck, that was pretty good. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, thank you, Matt, uh, because that was that was one of them. And and if if you're listening to this and you're driving a car, pull over and write it down. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's the third or fourth time it's been mentioned on this show and that's for good reason. And we'll probably talk about it again before we wrap up. I, I, I think it's that poignant and it doesn't matter whether you're operating in Chelmsford or London or... Neitz or Lancashire or wherever, right? That statement, people will understand it wherever you are. I could walk into a listing presentation in Brisbane, Australia tomorrow and say to them that the pricing has got to feel really uncomfortable for you guys for it to be attractive to enough buyers for us to get the best price. You know, it's a bit like what we talked about last week about overpricing leads to underselling. This is the antithesis of that, right? This is, you, you start with that and they look at you and they're like, what does that mean? That sounds really estate agent-y. And you say like, you've got to feel a level of discomfort for them to be attracted, you know? Mm. Um, it, it just makes sense. And in a world, as Matt was saying, in a, in a confusing world, your job as an estate agent, what's going to build that trust, what's going to negate a cheap fee, right? And a over-promised and a high price is a level of trust that that can't beat. And you and, and that only comes from people understanding everything that you've put forward, not just who you are as a person and your values and all that sort of stuff, but understanding the system and the process that you can promise, right? Because you wouldn't sit there and promise a price. You'd sit there and you promise a system and people buy into that system mm-hmm. and the fact that you can facilitate it better than anybody else. And you've just got to communicate that exceptionally well and, and that that sentence, that statement, however you want to call it, however you want to describe it, that does that better than almost anything I've ever heard, I reckon. Yeah, and that, as you say, that you can't promise a price is perfectly in line with their no, no BS agency. Mm. But before, before we move on to that, I just want to mention something. I've lost a couple of instructions recently, um, and I feel it's on price a little bit, and I'm pricing where I see the market at the moment and quite sensibly. And typically, there's other agents that, in my opinion, aren't. And it's only an opinion. Everyone's entitled to theirs. But I wonder if I'd actually have used that term because I've felt walking out this has been a little bit disappointed with the price. Mm. But maybe if you can disappointment into an appreciation of what you're trying to do, and I think that term has that potential to do it, then I might have won those instructions rather than lost them on the back of... Um, the, the price and also possibly on the back of um adopting Matt's um guide price um tactic mm. where you actually put it in there and, and putting it up and up and over because I think if I'd had that um idea um and, and implemented it then we might have been able to you know achieve success with those listings a little bit a little bit more. So really tangible good advice. And as you say we always aim to give um listeners something within here that they can go out and do for free. There's two things there that, in my opinion, are absolute gold dust. Yeah, without a doubt. And and if you're thinking to yourself, I'm not quite sure how I'm going to work that into my presentation. That is a that is a amount of time that is well worth investing with you, your business partner, the people in your office, a non-competing estate agent that's not anywhere near you or maybe your best mate who works in your area as well you just happen to work for different companies right but actually workshopping out how does that explanation look like what are the questions that we've got to ask to understand their expectations in this marketplace and then how do we talk to them about 
why a pricing strategy is is a marketing strategy, right? I said this in in the episode last week. All, all up and asking prices is a mechanism to get people through your front door. Very rarely is it the price that you actually accept and move forward with. Do we want more or less people through your front door? You know, the decision is yours, Mr. and Mrs. Seller. Would you rather have twenty five people through your through your doors in two weeks, or would you rather have five people through your doors in two weeks? Because the the decision that we make on that price, that mechanism that we employ, your level of uncomfort about that marketing price. You know, Matt Neal said it's not an asking price, it's a marketing price, right? And I think that that might sound like really subtle language to everybody listening to this show, but it's that subtlety that makes such a massive difference because suddenly mm. you're not asking and wanting it, you're marketing at that price to attract people into the home. And that is the job of a great estate agent, right? You do not get the opportunity to be a skilled negotiator and you do not get the opportunity to deploy great solicitors and a really solid follow-up process through that conveyancing period and get things exchanged six weeks ahead of your nearest competition unless you attract the right number of parties into that uh, home in the first place to be able to leverage them against each other. Or Matt said something fantastic in that, and I've written it down somewhere and I'm trying to find it in my note, but I think it was something like great estate agents get the buyers in competition with themselves in their mm-hmm. own mind. And a great marketing price does that. Like he said, if they walk into a house and it's priced at 295 or 290 to 310 and they're expecting a 350 house because Oh, sorry, they're expecting a, a 275 house because everything else they've seen at 290, they wouldn't pay more than 254. And suddenly they've gone, holy hell, I get this extra bedroom or I don't have to paint it or the toilet flushes, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it might be, you've exceeded expectations. And if they want it, it's human nature to think somebody else wants it as well. You know, I know that there are better and cheaper phones and watches out there than what Apple build. But every time I see an Apple Watch and someone's wrist, I'm like, God damn it, I want an Apple Watch, you know? And so (laughs) my my perceived value in that product goes up and up and up. And it's exactly the same in property. It's why, again, starting to get a bit sunny. And this is not something we discussed today, but I'm going to share it anyway because it's just the kind of weirdo I am. It's starting to warm up in England, not suspiciously. And we're in for some full spring action, I reckon, as February comes to a close and and March starts and some lousy March weather, if anyone's a Simpsons fan listening to this. First daffodil in our garden this morning. Well done. There you go. So the sun is, there's a categorical proof that the sun is shining. Don't let your eyes fool you. Look for the daffodils in your garden, right? Because that weather's getting better and people get really chirpy and optimistic as soon as that starts yes. happening, right? Start start thinking about having the courage to hold an open home. If you can get that pricing strategy to a point where your sellers are uncomfortable Right. And the and but it's attractive to a buyer. Say to them, and the way that we're going to capitalize on this, we're going to have an open home. You don't have to clean your house six days a week and get out four or five times a day. Right. We're going to do a Wednesday evening. The sun's going to start setting at 6 p.m. So we're going to do it at 5 p.m. So everyone can understand what it's like to get home from work and have a glass of wine in the kitchen. It's a great kitchen. And we're going to do something at, you know, 10 to 10 30 on a Saturday morning or whatever it is that lines up around your local community activities on a Saturday morning, not too late, not too early to avoid school sport and things like that. Don't do it when lunchtime Premier League's kicking off, etc. But line it up because if you can grab the right marketing price and you can attract a number of buyers, putting them in the house at the same time takes care of all that. We talk about no bullshit estate agency, right? That takes the bullshit out of negotiating because you call them up. We talked about this at the front of the show, following people up. Right, so you're not going to ignore the people that come through your open home or inquiring your properties or anything like that anymore. You're going to give up not following up for the next 40 days. And you're going to start holding open homes, and you're going to call them, and you're going to say, "Hey, thanks so much for coming through 123 Worrell Avenue this afternoon. You know, it was it was great to see you there. I'd love to get some feedback on your house, but before you do, just so you know, we're expecting a couple of offers this afternoon. Where did you see the price? You know, and tee it up from the start because, like we said, if if somebody sees value in that home and and their expectations are blown away because the property looks better than the marketing price, they're going to assume everybody else is as well. And that's going to make it so much easier for you guys to extract offers. And if you can extract an offer, you've done your job. If you can get two, you've done a better job. And then it's up to your sellers whether they take them or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Really powerful Stuff moving, just moving Matt's 
comments on on further. I want to just come back to um, the values that they they talked about before mm. we, we wrap, up, wrap up as well, um, because I thought it was a really good demonstration of how they live their values. I remember the previous conversations that we've had, it always came across, but I don't think we went into it at that at that sort of level, or maybe it's just something that they've started doing. And my favourite thing about the whole conversation is that it, it actually now isn't them driving it. They they said, Neil said, it's a member of their team that starts that off on a Friday. That must make them as business owners and as human beings so happy that they've got the team in place that are actually demonstrating how they live their values to to their colleagues. So yeah. I just think that's so powerful. For, for everybody listening to this show uh, that does or doesn't work with Matt and Neil, their faces were beaming with pride when they were talking mm. about how their teams bought into this. And you could just see how much those people mean to them, um, but also how that process has clearly changed their business for the better. And it might've felt kind of very fair or universal to start with, but they bought into it. The leadership showed the way and now the people are actually mm-hmm. leading the leaders, which that's, if you get that in a business, you're on something pretty good, I reckon. Yeah. And it's, you, you made a point there. The leaders showed the way. I'd kind of forgotten about that a little bit, but that's a really good demonstration of them taking the time to make sure that this is implemented and implemented correctly. As you say, exceptional leadership from Neil to actually sit down and say, right, okay, let's let's go through it to help people overcome any any little obstacles. And that's probably something that, you know, if you're doing that on a Friday afternoon, you're taking the time rather than running around trying to, you know, do viewings or, or sell houses, actually. That's really good leadership. Honey bee. Um, and one final point from me, um, just going back to the pricing, another term that I that I really like that Matt uh, talked about was his ball down the hill analogy. Don't chase, yeah, don't chase the market good. down the hill. Step, take take a couple of steps down, wait there and catch it. And I just thought that was a really, you know, another simple analogy that um, could be really effective for people to use. Yeah, and and again. You're right. It, it's not just that's not an internal conversation. That is a great way of explaining it to your sellers as well, because everybody understands mm-hmm. a ball rolling down a hill, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, uh, it's it's a state agency without the bullshit, right? In a confusing world, it's keeping it really simple. It's going back to everything those boys talked about today. You know, your job as a listener of this podcast, other than liking and subscribing and telling your mates to listen to it, uh, is to action those like pieces of language and those processes today whether it's with yourself and your sellers or you and your team but you're going to see i would say almost immediate impact on all sides and that is exactly what i'm going to do we're going into a meeting in 18 minutes and this is exactly what we're going to be talking about implementing it with the team and so on that note a massive thank you once again um, to Matt and Neil Baldock for joining us today as you know we do this because we love our industry we want to see it improve and get better and as Sam said if you have enjoyed today's episode please like if you haven't already review um, the podcast subscribe and share it out on social media or with colleagues I'm Matt Oral he's Sam Hunter thank you very much for listening and we'll see you again next week This episode was sponsored by Revis.com. If you are looking to grow your new build department, you should check out Revis.com because it's a visualization tool that can help bring properties to life before a brick is laid. If you are wanting to show potential house buyers around property that isn't built yet, allow them to actually customize kitchens, floor coverings, wallpaper, that sort of thing, then Revis.com is a great tool and I suggest that you check it out.